Dubs Hub Podcast, Chris. The Golden State Warriors are 0-1 in the Chris Paul era. That's messed up. I really thought we were going to go undefeated. We were 4-0 in preseason. Like, things were looking good, but, you know, the Warriors dropped the first game of the regular season to the Suns, and it was a fun one. Uh, We're going to basically just run through last night's game on this podcast, and um, a lot to talk about. So, I mean, you know, how does it feel? Warriors are officially back, but dropped the first game of the year at home. Yeah, the first game for every team feels like an overreaction anyway. You win your first game, you're like, oh, it's over. We're <laughs> going we're gonna to dominate. And then you yeah. lose your first game. And I'm hearing people that want Clay Thompson off the team. They want Corey Joseph deported to Canada. They want, <laughs> I don't know, Wiggins to get traded. It's just a lot of overreaction. But Wiggins yeah, should I'm, also get deported to Canada. Yeah, true. So, uh, <laughs> no, it was a fun game. Uh, Katie's return to uh, yeah. the Warriors with the first time with a crowd. Disappointing, but, I mean, fun to watch regular season basketball again. Yeah, it's so crazy that after all this time with KD on two different teams now, after he's left the Warriors, he still hasn't played a game at Chase Center since leaving. Um, he was injured during the COVID season, I think, and so he didn't actually play, but he returned and was sitting on the bench. Um, and every time since then, like the stars haven't aligned, so they finally played his like tribute video. Uh, but it was a good video, and he got a standing ovation from all the fans that hate his guts, apparently. <laughs> no. Katie, Katie's a legend in the Bay, <laughs> for sure. I don't know. I just I heard on Twitter that everyone hates Katie here. That's why he left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We drove him out of town. Um, mm-hmm. No, it, it is wild that it's been four years now since he's played in front of crowd. Uh, yeah. Definitely wouldn't imagine that return game would be with the Phoenix Suns. But uh, he's had Very an weird. interesting career since leaving the Warriors, and I and I, I guess I wouldn't imagine Chris Paul is starting for the Golden State Warriors <laughs> in their first <laughs> game of this season. Things have changed in the last four years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Katie didn't play very well. Um, I mean, he it's the first game of the season. We don't have to like analyze every little thing, but I feel like you know it was interesting at the start of this game, how the Warriors matched up on the Suns, even though they didn't have Beal, it will actually be a lot harder with Beal because uh, Warriors have like some size problems on defense, which we'll talk about, but that'll also be helped with Draymond returning. So kind of two important players missing, but it was important to see like how Kerr is going to approach the the matchups. And like he said, Clay Thompson will be guarding power forwards Kevin Durant's the power forward on the Suns, and Clay matched up with him, and I thought did pretty well. Um, when when Wiggins was on KD for some of the game, it was tough because Booker had an easier matchup, and I mean Book went off last night anyway. But clearly, like you can see, kind of the pecking order of the defensive assignments and who's going to guard what type of player. I thought this was like a good indication of where that's going to go. We saw some of it last year, but I mean, what were your thoughts? I, let's start on the defensive end because the the Suns obviously lit it up. Um, at least, well, not all of them, but Booker did. 
and um, and this has been kind of the focal point of the Warriors uh, in the offseason to become a top 10 defense again. But also it's question marks with, you know, the, the personnel that they have. So what were your thoughts on, like, kind of how the defense looked in the first game? Yeah, specifically Booker is the exact type of player that I think would give the Warriors problems. Um, I th- I'm not really worried about a dominant big man versus the Warriors just because I trust Draymond and Looney. Um, and I wouldn't be super worried about, about like a really dominant point guard because I feel like Gary or Wiggins or even Kaminga could bother them. But a fast wing player, like wing two guard type of player like Booker, we just don't really have anyone on the team who could guard them. In the past, that would have been Clay, but like you said at the beginning, Clay is more of a power forward on defense now than guarding the opposing team's twos and threes. Wiggins tried um, his hand at Booker, and Booker was just cooking him. I thought Gary did the best on him, but Booker's just taller than Gary. Um, yeah. So it, he was an amazing last night. He won them the game. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I think the biggest defensive flaw and this isn't new to the Warriors, is defensive rebounding and just general size. I mean, um, Nurkic isn't the best center in the league, but he's huge. He had 14 rebounds in, like, 27 minutes. Uh, Eubanks came in, got seven rebounds. Um, Akogi was also just crashing the boards. I thought yeah, we were it was really Akogi was killing us, dude. I mean... Yeah. And and you're right, the offensive rebounding was an issue. Also fouling, which has been a focal point of Kerr this offseason too, like trying to drill it into the players. Hey, don't give up stupid fouls. It wasn't too bad. Like we've seen worse uh, games from the Warriors in terms of committing fouls, but with their lack of size, they overcompensate and reach in or they have to like kind of grab a guy to stop him from from making a layup when they switch and they have a bad matchup. So, uh, it, yeah, I mean, you can kind of see where the areas uh, of weakness are and what needs to be improved on over the year, or, yeah, over the season. Um, Booker was unbelievable. Part of the problem, too, was that Wiggins was not awake. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know... He just did not show up. I mean, it was a classic, like, old Wiggins performance where he's like, like, you know he's there because you see him with your two eyes, but then you just, like, don't know that he's playing basketball. He's just kind of running in circles. And and you're like, what's happening? I mean, he only played 28 minutes, and the reason for that is not because of foul trouble or because of injury or anything like that. It's just because he was bad, and Kerr didn't trust him to close out the game so he, no. he like kept chris paul in the game and then closed with with kaminga uh, and then actually gp2 at moments so uh like wiggins was like the eighth guy last night and we've said this on i have said this and we we kind of agreed i don't, I don't know if you have specifically said he needs to be the second best player but i think he needs to be the second best player on the warriors for them to be a championship team that was true in 2022 when we won it and I think it's true now. Um, if Draymond's the second best player, you can still win a championship. But I think at this stage, 
Wiggins needs to be able to make that leap to be the guy that bails you out of possessions and plays elite level defense. He was just non-existent last night, and that's a real red flag, I would say. Yeah, he was doing neither of those things last night. I mean, no. he was able to get to the rim. He was just smoking layups, and then I, I hate that he settles for the top of the key and wing threes. That's just not his shot, and he the worst just... is when he like it, it's you know he needs to take a shot at the end of a shot clock sometimes, but he has one move, and it's like a crossover spin move and the spin move when he's doing too many spin moves in the lane for contested layups that's when you know like wiggins is not all the way there to that night and that's what was happening and i I think it was an interesting quote from steve kerr after the game because a lot of the conversation around this team has been like who's going to start is obviously a huge conversation and then also who's going to finish because we have six players who think they're going to finish the games as well as like Kaminga and Moody and even GP2 who on nights are deserving to finish the game. Like I could have seen either of those three finish the game last night and I wouldn't been mad. Gary was great off the bench. So was Moses and so was Kaminga. I mean, he fouled a lot, but I thought he was rebounding well and playing good defense and actually like willing to try to finish around the paint. Um, but Kerr basically said this year that, you know, he's going to finish with whoever's playing the best, um, which I think is great to set the tone early in the year. Yeah. So that, like, people can't get too comfortable. Wiggins, you can't just, like, sleepwalk through the regular season. Clay, you can't go two for 16 and expect to finish the game. Uh, Chris Paul, you know, four for 15 last game. I mean, I thought he had a pretty good overall game. Um like a, a, I actually a passing. think Clay also had a pretty good overall yeah. game, but his shooting was bad. And but and also just like on that point of finishing games, Kerr will lean towards Clay every time. Like I think Clay is nearly a lock to finish games, especially because he's just hit big shots even in moments in games where he like hasn't been playing very well. But you're right with Wiggins and with even with Chris Paul, I think, and Looney. Like if you if you guys if they don't show up, if they don't play defense, if they aren't rebounding, if they're like half asleep, yeah, there are guys on the bench who actually want to be contributing this year. Um, you know, last year we saw like Kaminga and Moody, sometimes it felt like they, I don't want to say had an attitude problem, but that they were dissatisfied with their role and with like how the pecking order was was being determined by Kerr, you know, putting guys like Anthony Lamb and James Wiseman ahead of them in the rotation when they felt like they had earned uh, a, a more prominent role. This year, they know they're like locked in the second unit and that they can earn their way into a closing lineup or maybe a starting lineup on certain nights. Um, so they're, I feel like they're more motivated and they're happier with, with what the communication has been. So you're right to, to point out that Kerr's setting the tone early and that's good. We want to see that. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. I was just giving an example with like Clay or anyone yeah, if yeah. they're having a bad shooting night or not trying, they'd be out. I I agree with you. I think Clay, like a lot of people were saying that he had a terrible night. I didn't think he. I thought he played pretty good defense. He, I mean, he had seven rebounds. Like, when do you ever see Clay yeah. get? Seven and Wiggins rebounds? had one, by the way. Who? who <sighs> I just, just like, don't. I don't understand that. I mean, 
we saw it on the biggest stage. He was getting like 15, 13, 16 rebounds. He's the most athletic guy on the floor last night, and he just plays playing like, I don't know, me playing pickup. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> Well, that's the thing. That. I feel like he's like bored with the regular season. It's like the opposite it's of a lot of players. Night. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it, but it's, it's like not... the opposite of a lot of players. They Like in the regular season, a lot of players can, you know, be superstars on any given night and try super hard and have a great night. Then you put them in the NBA finals with the added pressure and and everything surrounding that and they can't show up. It's the opposite for Wiggins. He's like, yeah... I don't really give a shit about the regular season, but if you put me in the NBA Finals, like then the stakes are real. I'm gonna play, and uh, we just can't. I don't know if we can. When... I don't know if we can say that for certain, just off like one playoffs run because he. I don't know. He yeah. Like I mean, if he proves that again this season, that'd be awesome. But it could be possible that that was just like an aberration. Um, maybe I mean last year in the playoffs after not playing for half the season he came right in and like was rebounding and defending and kind of doing his thing he wasn't in shape enough to to have the same level of impact but I feel like his motivation uh, and desire to like try is a lot higher when the stakes are higher um yeah I mean I just don't like in the rate yeah yeah I was just gonna say I don't understand how you couldn't get up for like opening night and on your home court um but you know hopefully maybe it was just one game maybe he was like sick something we don't yeah. know about i mean it's just something to watch throughout the regular season um yeah but yeah definitely a bummer that the warriors lost this game i it felt like when steph got into foul trouble and i think we were down like yeah. four or six points and then we went on kind of a run with chris paul leading um, and the bench unit came come in and just got the score up again. But then, um, yeah, just missing a lot of shots, fouling. Um, Eric Gordon hitting a clutch three after going like, oh, what, so did he, annoying. what did he go last night? Uh, four for 16. Oh, for 25. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And uh, no, it was a tough L, but um, I thought the team looked good. I thought Chris Paul fit yeah. in pretty seamlessly on offense at least i'm i'm pretty worried about defense um yeah maybe i should wait to see until draymond's on the team because he's obviously our best defender and best communicator on defense but just with steph chris paul and clay out there and then wiggins at like the four it is tough to rebound and it's tough to defend um mm-hmm. i don't know I, obviously there's not a lot of huge teams in the nba but I thought we got pretty exposed last night. Yeah, and it's going to happen this regular season until we figure out like how to defend with CP3 and Steph on the floor at the same time. And also like Clay, because Clay can't guard guards anymore. So um, <laughs> it's it's something we're going to have. Like her has a big task. I mean, you're right, though, that like, yeah, I guess we kind of buried the lead. The Chris Paul impact is really the thing to talk about, which is, you know, he looked good. He looked good on offense. He uh, didn't turn the ball over that much. Um, Only one turnover. He was plus five, and he really, for the game, and he really kept them in it when the Warriors were down, like, 15 points. And he led the run to to bring the Warriors back in it and give them a chance to win. So, you know, 
he was very good. He made some tough shots. He started slow. He had some classic Chris Paul flops. I mean, that was <laughs> we were joking about it, but like we're rooting for Chris Paul like successful flops now, which is oh man. <laughs> One thing I didn't I know, know uh, I was just watching the uh, Celtics next game before we started recording, and yeah. I guess this year you can get a technical foul in the game for flopping, which is oh yeah yeah crazy because we just got Chris Paul on the team and we've been seeing I know epidemic you didn't know of... that that was well I knew you could get fined um, I know they no, this is still... a new rule yeah no well that's tough for just getting Chris Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and Steve Kerr said it. They banned the rip-through foul uh, or, like, drawing a foul with the rip-through this year, which is, like, Chris Paul's specialty. So That's all right. Uh, KD, KD got some use <laughs> of that on the Warriors. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. That's one of his moves, too. So yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about Chris Paul's debut on the Warriors. I mean, yeah. what did you think? Because Sarich was obviously, like, our big free agent signing of the summer. Uh, what did you think about his debut? I mean, we saw him in summer or uh, preseason, but actually seeing him out there in a real game, what did you think? Yeah, pretty solid. I mean, he's clearly the backup center, and he will get, like, 20 minutes a game because, well, Looney doesn't play that much. He plays, like, 30 minutes maybe. Um so, Sarich, I mean, he didn't shoot very well last night, but nobody on the Warriors did. No. So, <laughs> that's not really an issue. He rebounds. He uh, plays pretty solid defense, actually. He's yeah. not soft at all. He, like, he'll body people. He'll get inside and scrap. And uh, he's a good passer. So, he's smart. I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I don't understand why he's a minimum player, to be honest. No, I think, I think he maybe had some offers above that but i think he probably saw what a season with the warriors would do i mean Otto auto porter jr got the mid-level exception for two years after being on the minimum uh gary yeah, got even chenzo last year yeah huge gary got a big contract too so i think he probably saw like yeah oh i could sign with this team for like three or four million for a year but maybe have to be a minimum after that or i could have a good season with the warriors and probably be a mid-level player next season so um that's one of the benefits of being a uh and you, and you saw it with the suns too i mean the suns got a ton of bench players on the minimum who could have maybe gotten more like eric gordon watanabe yeah. um even eubanks got the minimum i feel like he could have yeah. maybe got a little bit more so um yeah, that's just I, we've seen it with like the Miami Heat when LeBron was there. Saw it with the Cavs. Seen it with the Lakers. Um, people want to play on the good teams that are going to be on national TV. So yeah, that course. worked out for the Warriors with uh, Saric for sure. Yeah, I, I just I think Saric is very very solid and w will be a great pairing with uh, both CP3 off the bench eventually when Draymond gets back and with Steph Curry in in mixed unit minutes so um you know so finally we have like a good big body backup center but not one who can't do anything other than like run the floor and dunk like he actually has skills so that's a prototypical warriors player and i'm sure kerr is stoked about it um so the two young guys kuminga and moody we talked a little bit about them but they both played 20-ish minutes and they both had pretty good moments i thought 
what are your thoughts? I mean, Kaminga didn't go for 27 like he was in the preseason. <laughs> yeah. And actually, like, I saw Warriors fans were upset that Chris Paul was starting and not Kaminga. What did you think about that? Like, do you do you think Kaminga should have been starting, or do you think, like, Kerr was right to roll with Chris Paul? Um, I don't think the – I mean, the Suns were starting with, like, Booker, Grayson Allen, and Kogi, and KD. Like, those are all kind of wing players, so I didn't really feel like we were super – I mean, it played out that we were outsized, but I, I don't care about who's starting um, because – when Draymond's back, Kaminga has no chance really of starting because Looney and Draymond are going to start. So I don't care about that. I just like to look at the minutes um, distribution. And I thought, you know, around 20 minutes is what they should both be getting uh, every game this season. I feel like Clay played um, 37 minutes last night. That's too much for him to play. We saw what happened when he had to, like, carry the load last season when Steph got hurt and he was... I don't know if this was the main factor, but he was burnt out by the playoffs. Um, Mm -hmm. I would like to see even Steph, like I want Chris Paul's minute load to be like less than 30 Steph, maybe around like 33 clay Draymond Looney all under 30. Um, Mm -hmm. And that will give minutes steadily to Kaminga and Moody. Cause like you said, they both had a great game. Moody was hustling. Um, He had three steals he was four of six from the field, um, making tough shots. And then Kaminga, you know, he played 20 minutes. He had six rebounds. I thought played really good defense. Obviously, he had a, have a lot of fouls, but he was physical and rebounding. Um, and he just brings a level yeah, to our team, Kami- especially with Wiggins playing like he's asleep. He brings a, a different level <laughs> yes. to our team that no, no one else does. Yeah, I feel like Kaminga's second half last night was a lot better than his first half. Like, in the first half, he got into foul trouble and was sort of out of control. I think he was just excited that the regular season was back, like we all were. But um, it just felt like he, I don't know, he didn't have a great half, and then he calmed down and was able to put some good minutes together. Moody, on the other hand, had a great first half, and I don't know, he, he played decently in the second half, but... Kerr didn't really roll with him as much as I thought he might because he had such a good first half. Um, but both guys look ready to contribute. I mean, I'm excited yeah. for it. I, I thought they were ready to contribute last year. Um, Steve probably saw some things in games and in practices. Like, obviously, we see a huge difference in Kaminga on the rebounds. Last year, I don't think he was even thinking about that type of stuff defensive rebounding offensive rebounding i don't think he was thinking of any of that and now you can see that's like a huge focus of his game that's what's going to keep him on the floor and moody i've been a fan of moody since a rookie i just think he makes winning plays smart plays um so it's gonna be tough to keep him on the floor i mean or off the floor i definitely don't want to see Corey joseph touch the floor unless uh chris paul or steph curry's out there i mean He's yeah, he shorter than great. He's shorter than both of them. He cannot stay in front of anybody on defense. Um, nope. I guess the only point, the only like plus of him is he can like dribble and is smart with the ball. But man, <laughs> if Steph and CP are playing, he should be a DNP every single game. Yeah, he doesn't turn the ball over, and he yeah he he can dribble. You're right, and pass a bit, but. Uh, no, I mean, with 
Chris Paul is the backup point guard, which he should be. I know he started last night, but like Chris Paul is the backup point guard. I'm pretty positive Steve Kerr is going to roll with the regular starting five, and that's how it's going to go. Yeah. So with with that, he, I feel like Kerr should be staggering those two uh, point guards' minutes, and there really won't be much space for Corey Joseph. Um, you know, and if you need to roll with like Draymond running point and like some wings around him and maybe Sarich or Looney, that's a unit that he, he could try out and it's probably going to work because Draymond doesn't turn the ball over that much any either. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think you're right. Unless there's injury or rest or whatever, Corey Joseph is just kind of riding the bench. Eventually maybe Pajemski will get some minutes to see if he can, contribute better than Corey Joseph but uh like I said I I personally am not a fan I don't think he like I think he's he could be a fine backup point guard in the league someday but for this season on this team I don't really see it um no the I I am curious to see because the Warriors only have 13 players right now um and you're only allowed to do that for I think like 14 days of the regular season so right now they're just saving money by not filling in that 14th spot but they're gonna legally have to um i'm curious to see if it was one of the people waived um from other teams when they had to make their roster decisions or they're keeping it similar to training camp with like a rudy gay or rodney magruder or something but i think that i mean we've touched on this on previous podcasts but they need another wing or they need like an actual tall dude. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It depends if trace Jackson Davis can play. If trace Jackson Davis can actually get center minutes, I don't know if they need another center. Um, that's just me. I, I would, I would definitely lean towards a wing and, and there, there are wings out there, I think. So, Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious about that too because I think that's one of the flaws of this team is um, I do like Saric, but he's not a true center. And, you know, if like something were to happen to Looney, you're just riding with Draymond and Saric. Um, I, and I guess Trace Jackson Davis. Uh, he did well in the preseason, but obviously, you know, going to have to see a larger sample to see if he's. If he's able yeah, to for do spot that. for spot minutes, it it feels like he can actually fill that role. But you're right, we do need to see it. But that's just that's just what I think. So yeah, I mean, obviously a tough L on the home court to start off the season, but um, you know, as with the regular season, there's 81 more games. Games are going to be flying by. The Warriors have a game yeah. on Friday versus the Kings um, at the Kings. Uh, arena which we know gets crazy especially for warriors games um even oh, in so the preseason even in the preseason that game felt like a playoff game um it's on espn too so yeah we'll have national media there, there. it's going to be a fun game uh, yeah rematch you, of the first round last year how yeah. do you think that uh plays out obviously the warriors kind of the one time they went out all out in the preseason was worth the kings where i think both teams were trying to win um and steph hit that dirty step back to seal the game how do you how do you see that one playing out um i don't know i mean is is draymond playing no steve kirk said tonight that he's not he's out oh really okay then i don't know i don't know i think the kings probably should be favored then they're home and they're healthy the warriors on the other hand are still trying to put together 
this they're still trying to mesh this roster and figure out what exactly is going to work i feel like the kings they have they have their system they have like a plan and they're they're going to execute it so i would say the kings are favored but you never know with the warriors they could win any given game um and it's tough because after this kings game on friday like well actually i guess after this game including the kings game on friday seven out of the next eight games are on the road and that's not great i mean <laughs> so we saw what the, happened last year the warriors yes. were like one of the worst teams on the road in the nba yeah no it's uh it hopefully we can go like five and five in the first 10 i will take that with the number of road games uh but they're at risk of another slow start if they can't pick off some of these games like Friday at Sacramento yeah. um, they, and, and like the game last night. So, you know, they, it, they're in a tenuous situation. I don't think it would be the end of the world if they started slowly again. But after all the talk in preseason of like, we're not going to let that happen, and they let it happen, that would be a bad sign. <laughs> Yeah, and we, we talked about it. I mean, in the championship season, they started 18-2, and two, and last season... That's a ridiculous record. Yeah, I mean, obviously that was probably not um, repeatable, but just gave them such a cushion to, like, with, with, um, withstand, you know, like a Draymond injury or a Steph injury, because there's no way those guys are playing, like, 75 games this year. I think Chris Paul, yeah. Steph... Draymond Clay, they're all probably going to play like 55 to 60. Um, and I think this year we have a better supporting cast to withstand those those type of injuries. But obviously you want to build a cushion, especially with how competitive the West is. So, yeah, it's it's tough. You know, getting the Suns on opening night is a tough draw. Um, and then seven of the next eight on the road, you know. And Draymond is hurt to start the season. Not ideal situation, but... If the Warriors, like you said, are able to, you know, win five or six out of these next games, um, I think they would be set up to do really well because then, you know, we've got some home games coming in after that stretch. But definitely a big yeah. stretch. Coming part, of, part of the first part of the season to keep an eye on, too, is what happens in the first 20 games. And this is like a Steve Kerr point. He's said this before. He actually, I think, made this point when – the Warriors had a bad season in 2021 when Clay wasn't back yet and it wasn't looking great. And Kerr said, "Don't panic. Like we need a we need a sample size." Um, well, there was reason to panic in that season, but <laughs> it is true yeah. that the first 20 games are like you try out different rotations, you try out different players you you see what works you like test your theories out that you've built up over the off season um and, and like really see what works in practice so it, it's important the record is maybe not as important but the like process and building the good habits and uh team chemistry and all of that is key so i think they're on their way there uh definitely feel a lot better about where they are now than, than where they were like after 10, the 10, first 10 games last season with all the drama and everything. So um, we'll see. I'm excited for this game on Friday, though. Yeah, I think that's a great point that um, they're in a pos better position than last year because we saw the first couple of games last season and it was like, man, Wiseman looks 
pretty horrible. Um, damn, Kaminga and Moody, they don't look ready yet. Uh, Pool is this is not engaged. Uh, Jermichael Green looks like a elderly man. Um, so I think everyone looked a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think everyone that played looked. Um, pretty decent except like we said Corey joseph looked pretty unplayable and um wiggins had a tough game Wiggs. but everyone else looked like their nba players which is better than what we could have said last year so um <laughs> you know not the worst outcome last night definitely disappointing but uh you know on to the next one and uh that'll be friday and then the Warriors um, play at the Rockets in Houston on Sunday. So we'll probably um, – actually, they have a back-to-back Sunday and Monday. So we'll probably be back with the podcast maybe after that Pelicans game, um, after the next the next three, just to uh, check in. Hopefully they're maybe three and one, probably probably best-case scenario. They're looking at like two and two. Um, anything else you want to add before uh, we get out of here? No, I think it's good. I'm just waiting for Draymond to be back so we can like really see what it's all about. Uh, but once he's back, then who knows? Someone else may be injured by now because we have old <laughs> players. But uh, let's hope not. Yeah. Stoked for this game on Friday, though. Yeah, for sure. That's going to be a big one. So, uh, yeah, we'll check in with you guys. We also have an uh, article that's going to be dropping in on the podcast or on our Substack um, either tomorrow or the next day. So look out for that. Um, and yeah, man, go Warriors. Let's uh let's get back on track and get the first dub of the year. Yep, yep. Uh and uh make sure you rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it. Uh and lock in on our Substack because, you know, we'll be pumping stuff out all season. So, appreciate it, guys. Yep. All right. Talk with you soon. Bye.